welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is illustrator, author and Penguin Random House book cover designer Coralie Bickford-Smith. During the day, I work in the Penguin Random House office with my art director, Jim Stoddart, and I work with lots of other designers, editors, editorial assistants, basically just talking about books. Coralie has been behind some of the best-loved designs to emerge in recent years, namely her work on the Clothbound Classics series. Of the many full-time book designers working at Penguin Random House, she has managed to build a reputation that now exists independently of the iconic publishing house, with projects for the New York Times, Diageo and Fortnum and Mason under her belt. And if that wasn't already enough, she also finds time to write and illustrate her own books. I'm writing my third book, has no title yet, but I wrote The Fox and the Star in 2015 and then I wrote another book last year. Her debut title, The Fox and the Star, attracted a wide range of awards, including the Academy of British Book Design, V&A Illustration Awards, and DNAD, to name just a few. Having been at Penguin Random House for over 15 years, Coralie tells us how she's been able to grow within the publishing house and imparts her wisdom for budding book designers. When I was growing up, I was obsessed with drawing and art. It was the only subject at school that really, I really found my voice. Everything else, there was a sort of misconnect. I really did fantasize about being an artist. So I pretty much knew what I wanted to do from very, very early age. I eventually got to university and I got a place at Reading studying typography and graphic communication where it was an amazing, amazing course because we studied the whole history of the printing process, um, the history of type design. So it was very, very historic as well as being practical. And within that department, there was a fully operational printing press. So we had real jobs going on from our third to our fourth year where we were actually interacting with printers and getting our work on press for real clients. So that was a huge inspiration and source of knowledge for when I left and eventually got my first job. At university, we did study book design and I did have a feeling that books were going to be a prominent feature in my future career. And also having had a wonderful childhood surrounded by books and collecting books, it all made sense. I was full of doubt as a student I think the hardest thing was finding confidence. It's a big world out there. And to leave the security of the environment where you've been studying, it was really tough and it was a very nerve-wracking time. And I really feel for students that are in that sort of transient stage of their careers. I knew that I wanted to go into books, but then a year into my first job in a publishing house, I had real doubts and I thought there was a lot of banding about about this idea that you once you've been in a publishing house you couldn't then go off into advertising you'd sort of get pigeonholed and that really panicked me so I left publishing and went to work for a sort of design agency and I didn't really get on there well there it was a difficult 
moment in my career. <laughs> and it was very important to have that experience. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about how I conduct myself in a professional environment, which wasn't very well. I learned about a lot of skills, page layout. I learned how to make things look better than they necessarily are. And it was really brilliant foundation to what I then went on to do. And I wouldn't change that period of my career for anything. It was so important. I was in advertising work for, well, sort of a year and I was working on Sainsbury's Pet Club, which amazingly, I showed my interview at Penguin and Jim thought, if you can make Pet Club look good, you're going to be fine, I'll have you. So that's when, when I started working at Penguin, that's when I really knew that I was happy and I'd found my true place. I came to Penguin as a middleweight designer many years ago now. <laughs> and I really loved working on book covers rather than the sort of design agency work because there was more ownership. I was able to create images that were my responses to a text. So taking the author's words and giving them a look just felt really, really exciting and fresh. I was sort of allowed my own vision and I was allowed to sort of go where I wanted to go. And if it got through the cover meeting, it was like so exciting because I really felt that I was designing something that really came out of my, my own mind rather than designing to a corporate brand structure. Whereas in Pet Club with the magazine, I had so many guidelines and rules to follow. Here, you really just got to make sure that everything's legible and fit on that penguin logo. So we get a brief from our art director, which comes from the editor. And the first thing I generally do is I read any text that is available. I work mostly on classics, so there is obviously text, but sometimes you only have a book proposal to work on because the covers are designed so far ahead in the schedule. So you talk to the editor who talks to the author to get more of a feel about the, what's going on inside the book. So after reading, I then start to research the period that the writer was writing in for classics, for example, and look at the author, think about the market, think about how, where it's going to be positioned in a bookshop, and then just start putting down ideas. The project at Penguin early on for me that really changed the way that I worked and the way I saw myself as a designer were the cloth-bound classics. So I was giving Hans Christian Andersen to work on and I wanted to do something that was really special as hardbacks don't used to have such a long time on the shelves. They have about a year and then they become a paperback. So I just thought this is the 100th anniversary for this book. And I suddenly remembered all my training, the history of book design and the beautiful Victorian bindings with foil stamped into lovely leather or cloth. And so I started to take this book in a different direction. And there was, I wanted to get rid of the paper wraparound jacket. And there was a lot of sort of resistance to this new thing. And the printers were, mm, 
I don't know if we can print this. This printing machine just usually prints the spines. So I eventually got this through and it revolutionised it because I think that was in 2006 and now the hardback is still in print in 2018. So off the back of that, I got to do a lot, a series of classics all in the same style. And that made me really confident because I had to go and deal with the printers. I had to deal with issues that were happening with the press. And it was just incredible to suddenly be in charge of something that was really my vision. My personal work, I guess it's always been there, but it never really... I didn't see how I'd fit it in around my day job until I got my book deal. So I had to, you know, fit it in. And now, because that was the scariest time of my life was signing my first book deal. Um, My editor had to sort of chase me around the office. She's lucky I worked in the office because she had to chase me around the office and she said, I can't take you seriously until you sign this. And I I was like waking up in the middle of the night panicking. Like, I, I can't do this. I can't do it. So that sort of grounded me and made me have more of a routine and more of a schedule. And from that, I've now then branched out to do lots of other projects. I'm kind of doing three jobs at the moment and it's really exciting and I just feel that I really sort of am doing what I want to do now. And Penguin really gave me that opportunity, obviously by offering me a book deal, but also being really supportive in like what I want to do when I want to do it. And I think that that is such a wonderful collaboration between me and Penguin, that I go away and I do things and then I get stronger and better at things and then it comes into my book covers that I do here. So it's a really lovely understanding between us about how we work together. They really champion my vision. As a designer, I don't feel compromised or pushed into a corner. I feel that I'm really allowed to express myself and I just, I just didn't feel that before working here. I really feel that I found myself. So maybe that's why the designers, they all hang around for so long because there are, it's, it felt like an impossible job to find where I was not governed by a corporation. As such, even though Penguins are a huge company, they really believe that every author has its own voice and I guess that's why every piece of work I do is slightly different because I'm and also I'm just working with the best text in the world I mean I'm working with so many incredible pieces of writing and I get to read it all it's yeah it's just that's why I've been here for so long I think the biggest challenge for me is confidence it's hard to put yourself out there I'm really introverted. I I love just being in the studio, working in my own bubble and having to present your work to people, talk to people. It's not my natural environment. So that's been something I have struggled with a lot. And I've watched other designers and I've learned how to be more personable <laughs> and how to put myself out there in a, a more gentle way. And I think new graduates, that is a big question. How do I do that without being really 
bolshy and overconfident and I just think there's a really nice balance that can be found and it took me quite a long time to find that balance. People skills is really important, um, good communication and those moments when you feel that you're not doing, you're not nailing it, it's really important to learn to not get frustrated and be able to step away, take some time out and ideas will sort of come back later on. You can't, I, I, I'm a big fan of you can't force it. If it's not happening and you're feeling annoyed, just step away, go watch a movie and let your mind do its stuff on its own. Advice for people starting out, I would say is follow your dreams. Never give up on your dreams and do the work that you feel really passionate about. And if you're doing that outside of your day job, it's worth the sacrifice. For me personally, I just think if you're going to produce work that you really, really believe in and you're really passionate about, somebody somewhere will find it and champion it and be moved by it. And I wish I'd known that when I was younger. I also wish I'd known that it's not all going to happen instantly. It's going to take time and a lot of heartache but it's worth it. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Coralie Bickford-Smith. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include GF Smith, Squarespace, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com.